1: Hey, that wasn't supposed to happen. Hold on just a second.
2: Are you ready? Power. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
3: What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance.
0: God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showdown. It's It's time for the Alliance Guys Podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and J. Cal.
1: Hi everybody. Welcome to the Alliance Guys. My name is J. Cal. That, that is DKM. And we're here to just, I don't know, talk some wrestling. Talk some wrestling with you guys.
2: What's up DK? Hey Jay, has anything exciting or big happened in the wrestling world? Within I can't hear you. You Can't hear me.
0: Hello, hello. Hello.
1: Hello? Uh oh. Hmm. Whoa.
2: Hey, what about that? You move sides. Can you still not hear me? Well, I can't hear you at all, sir. Hmm. Oh, there you are. There you are. Now I hear you. Now you hear me? Now I hear you. Oh, good. I was getting worried. Don't get too worried. That's like, this is a brand new microphone, and it shows it's on.
0: <laughs> so, I, uh, hey,
2: anything exciting happening in the wrestling world in the last 24 hours? Uh, no, nothing I can think of. What about you? Uh, not that I really know of. Uh, Heard somebody might have retired, but I don't, I didn't recognize the name. Uh,
1: was it the old uh, owner of Capital Sports?
2: Huh, it could have been him. What's his name? Uh, Vlad, Vladimir, Vladimir McManicus. Yeah. There was that, that was that old WWE promoter, Andrew McManus. Is that who you're talking about? Could be. I mean, it didn't really mean anything to me, but it seemed like, you know, everybody on Twitter and everything was just having like this connection meltdown. See, I, okay, obviously, guys, we're being
1: silly. We're talking about uh, uh, the uh, lasting implications now that Vince McMahon is officially out of the WWE. Um, You know, he's still the number one shareholder, so I don't know how he's technically out, but we'll see how that all plays out over here in the next few weeks. Um, and obviously, that's who we're talking about. But, uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot of outrage or even shock. More, I, I have heard some people sad, which I find kind of ironic, uh, especially with some of the uh, allegations that have come out recently. But uh, I, I haven't really heard anyone outraged by this. How about you, DK? What have you heard?
2: Brock Luster, that's about it. Well, him and
1: Vince had a special relationship and he was probably only there because of Vince, you know?
2: Oh, that's very true, and it would not surprise me in the least if this doesn't end up being his last appearance. You know, some people figured he may have retired unofficially back at uh WrestleMania, but this may actually do it. <laughs> he yeah. He may actually be gone after this. Sorry. Just how I many J's do we need on the show?
1: <laughs> yeah. I was uh, just trying to see what was going on. Um, Chris Drummond says, Ike Permuter is the biggest shareholder of Marvel, but they phased him out because he was bad for business. Yes. Uh, uh, forgive me forgive me when I say this, Chris. It's not about who is running the company. It's just that Vince does have a vested interest in it. I do believe that this was the right decision for him to step away from the company, uh, there is going to be more allegations coming. That's what I mean. That's what at least the writing on the wall is: is there's more things to be announced. He's 77 years old. His presence in the WWE isn't the same as it was 20 years ago. He doesn't need to be an on-screen talent. And let's be honest: what does a 77-year-old man have? Of uh, 77 multi millionaire man have in common with the everyman that's watching his product.
2: Well the argument based on the dwindling ratings has been not much. Right. And uh uh you know I don't know a whole lot about the story with with Ike but I don't know if he was a major major I mean Vince controls like 80% of the voting stock. I mean, if he had wanted to, he could have come in, fired the board of directors and replaced them. Mm-hmm. It's just that as a publicly traded company, that's a little, you know, that would basically just equal, a, you know, fire sale on the stock. But under theory, he could he could have done that.
1: Wait, th- what,
2: theories involved? Hmm. In some way,
1: uh, at NWA Gold, our pal Tim, of you guys know from the other alliance guys, an occasional co-host of this show, says, "I'm torn. On one hand, he shaped wrestling more than anyone, and his absence will be felt. On the other hand, so long, you creepy fuck." And I, I kind of feel the same way. A buddy of mine who only watches WWE, he occasionally will watch AEW. I've taken him to indie shows that never really stuck with him. He was very much a WWE fan. Uh, he, he's he's kind of like one of those, uh, uh, what do you call them? uh sells, I guess. Uh, he very much uh, is in support of Vince McMahon, and he was very shocked to hear him leave. And I, I told him, I said, why are you shocked? There's more allegations coming. There's more things happening.
2: You know, Uh yeah, you know, here's the thing that we forget. And uh, I was watching actually another podcast in which one of the guys, you know, made it very clear he didn't like Vince. He wasn't going to say thank you, Vince. Vince could, you know, kiss his pasty white behind blah, blah, blah. And I uh, I chuckled to myself a little bit because it's not that I don't understand the sentiment. But if it hadn't been for Vince McMahon, he wouldn't have be been on a podcast talking about wrestling. This is true. I mean, the fact that you and I are on a small podcast talking about wrestling in any way, shape, or form is a result of decisions Vince McMahon made back in 84 and was able to you know, carry out a successful WrestleMania, which a lot of people forget was a make or break for him right because he was spending a ton of money he was bankrupting himself buying up all these uh spots for syndication and if WrestleMania had failed that would have been the million dollars he had gotten from crockett and he would have been in sad sad shape and uh but you know here's in here's part of the reason we're kind of talking about it today is as goes WWE tends to be as goes wrestling in general. Yes. I mean, let's be honest, TNA, a lot of their influence was still, you know, well, a lot of people called WWE light. AEW, they basically claim they can use WWE stars better than WWE did But they don't use them in a whole lot different way. I mean, they let someone like Brian Danielson be Brian Danielson more than WWE did. But I mean, did they though? He he, his time has only
1: been he's only been there for like what like six months before he got hurt. Like we didn't really get to see even Brian Danielson any different than Daniel Bryan on his way out of the WWE. What was different?
2: His style in the ring was far more technical. Okay. You know, Vince doesn't give a crap about technical stuff. Sure. Uh, who was it? Shayna Baszler tells a story about uh, her and Natalia going into the ring and working a match in which they just basically had a throwdown. You know, kind of a, you know, closer, closer to a real competition than a WWE match. And she said, Vince hated it. He made them go back out and retape it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Because this was a pandemic era time. He made them go back out and retape it. And his comment was, it looks like two girls fighting. I was like, okay, okay Vince.
1: Hey, real quick, let's go to some of the comments. We, like, surprisingly, on a Saturday afternoon with no advertisement, we've got a few people in the chat. Uh, Chris says, uh, my prediction is the universal. Uh, buys it, and Con and Steph will run it independently, just like Marvel and Lucasfilm is with Disney. Um, for those of you who don't know, NBC Universal is the parent company of, of course, USA, NBC, and a lot of uh, other properties. Um, but that's certainly—I mean, that's—I I bet that's on the table. I, I don't have any uh, inside information on that, but it wouldn't shock me if that happened at all. Um, our pal Rick Del Santo from the Pro Wrestling Zone podcast says. I'm sure more news will be coming soon the quiet before the storm and I, I tend to agree with that too I, I feel like there's a lot we haven't heard you know if 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 it wasn't a big deal to the board of directors for Vince McMahon to pay off somebody who he basically when he was finished passed over to John Lader uh, Laurens excuse me uh, I don't think there's uh, that there's definitely more that uh, they've kept hidden. And a lot uh, a lot more hidden than what we've seen uh, lamb says like it or not he turned a local promotion from his father into a global promotion and changed the business I mean yes I, I think lamb hits the nail on the head when it comes to what Vince was able to do uh, remember back then there was territories it was all territories um, everything was local you know or at least at the very least regional. And uh, it was Vince who took that national, and that hadn't been done before. So you're right, Lamb, that, that's a that's a pretty big deal. Our pal Chris Drummond's getting ready to watch Ring of Honor in 20 minutes. And Paladin's here. It's good to see you on a, a live chat. I haven't seen you in a while, Paladin. And then uh, lastly, Nick, excuse me, Nick, geez. Uh, Tim, NWA Gold, says, Rick is right. It won't be long before the headline changes from Vince retires to WWE Board of Directors,
2: forced McMahon out. Well, I mean, they're saying the decision was made about a week ago, which would have been about the time that the second uh, story from uh, uh, Wall Street Journal came out. And understand, the only reason any of this was happening is because Wall Street Journal got a hold of it. And if they had not gotten a hold of it and published a story about the first time, because the review was already underway. Stephanie stepped down and away from the company while the review was happening. Yeah. Vince was still chairman and CEO while the review was happening. It was not until the news made it public that they're kind of like, okay, we got to do something. And let's be honest, a lot with him still in charge of creative, with his daughter as the interim chairman and CEO, uh, with, uh, his guy's still there. Everybody knew Vince was still in charge. And even now, Vince is going to be guiding uh, Bruce Pritchard for a bit as Pritchard takes over uh, the creative. And so like people who are celebrating and can't wait to see what WWE becoming, you know, tap the brakes there a little bit. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people think the reason when Triple H went out with his heart attack, excuse me, coronary event, (laughs) had a heart attack, Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people think the reason they fired all the Teen A things were because that was the group he was planning on moving up with him if he got to take over creative control in WWE whenever Vince went. Yeah. And, you know, the people who are still there are, you know, Kevin Dunn, who's probably the worst aspect of WWE as far as what we see on TV. And uh, Pritchard, who's – and both of them are yes-men. Pritchard's an incredibly big ass-kissing yes-man. And so – and also, you know, Stephanie was brought up under the under the auspices of her father. And the, the only one who's there that has ever shown an inclination to see things differently is Triple H. And he's in talent relations. He's not in the creative side. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he may work with talent to, to get creative. But we don't know what Bruce is like creatively because Bruce has never you know, really been in charge. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens because, you know, Vince was notorious for tearing up scripts and changing things at the last minute. And, you know, them not knowing what was, you know, being four weeks out from pay-per-view and not knowing exactly what the card was. And, you know, Vincent Kennedy McMahon was a, Was a far cry from his father, Vincent Maman, who, you know, literally, when he decided to take the belt off Bruno San Martino, already picked a date and time that Bob Backlund was going to win it. So much so that even though superstar Billy Graham had gotten quite over as a heel baby, I mean, as a heel champion. And could have earned the money for another couple of years being on top. Uh, Vince Senior, not really a senior, but Vince Senior uh, still went ahead with his title change because that's what the plan was. Yeah. I can see Braun, Nia Jackson, and Road Dogg getting higher back. I can see that too, uh, Chris, but right now I wouldn't be too – Bray Wyatt's the one I see the most. As a possible coming back. But I wouldn't get too up. I mean, remember, a lot of these people were released not just because of Vince or whatever, but because basically Nick Conn sent out the thing to get rid of, you know, we're not gonna be spending so much. And those so, were all money moves. It
1: had nothing to do with create creative, had nothing to do with oh, we don't have something for them. They were they were thinning the company down. to to boast profits, right, to get the Mm -hmm. stocks up. And I I do believe that they knew that there was going to be some challenging times ahead. You got to remember, like, this this McMahon family didn't happen by accident, right? These are all intelligent people who have, you know, wealth and the ways of protecting their wealth and ways of generating wealth and ways of, hey, we want to be wealthier. (laughs) I mean, look, uh, it's... It's borderline amazing that Vince McMahon took a regional wrestling company and made it into a multi-million dollar, multi-million dollar publicly traded company on the stock market. I mean, that guy knew what he was doing. In terms of business, maybe you don't like his creative direction, and that's fine. And he is creepy. Don't get me wrong. But the dude was able to take a wrestling company, him and the people working with him, and made it into a multi-billion dollar industry. Let's take everything out of consideration. They the man beat, who didn't even really like wrestling. They beat Ted Turner. Ted Turner was a billionaire, right? By today's standards, Ted Turner was one of the most wealthiest man men in the America at the time. And when he bought WCW, like, you know, that was a big deal. And they couldn't compete with it. Or, I mean, they did, but they couldn't withstand McMahon. And they were spending way big kind of way – I can't talk anymore – way more money than Vince ever spent in the industry. You you look at the contracts that Hall and Nash had and Hogan. And like, I remember even reading like back in the day on the dirt sheets where Chris Benoit uh, was making like 500,000 a year. And he was like in the mid card for the, uh, for the uh, WCW. So it's like, uh, you think about the money that WCW is spending and McMahon was still able to withstand their presence, not only withstand them, but at the end of the day, owned the intellectual property of WCW, was able to grow his company in such a way that, uh, again, publicly traded on the stock market, paying out dividends. Investors love that because they get paid just for holding that stock. And and everything that they've done in the meantime, I mean, it's just incredible. Hey, Wrestling aside, the business aspect of what Vince McMahon did for wrestling is incredible.
2: And like I was saying earlier, I mean, the main reason we're talking about this, even though we're technically an NWA, UWN dog, HWE type show, is that what WWE does affects what everybody in wrestling does. I mean, Billy's booking style, you can relate to WWE from his TNA days, which was also very WWE issues but even AEW their style is more WWE than I mean it's not really an alternative WWE it's just a different flavor of it and so if WWE starts changing how they book and again like I said let's not get too excited to I don't think I imagine at some point Kevin Dunn will be forced out, but I couldn't tell you if it's going to be this week or next year. And it was, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise me if Bruce Pritchard decides to retire and move on since he's not really used to being the guy in charge. And so, and, you know, as the largest shareholder and, aid and stuff like that. I don't know how long Vince McMahon's influence and with Stephanie being, you know, I'm not expecting anything really drastic to happen fast. I think, you know, maybe by WrestleMania we might start going, hey, this product's different. If they get rid of uh, done Quick, we might say a little bit quicker because since he's the director-producer of the show and responsible for all those crappy camera angles and switching, you know, camera angles every 10 seconds. Oh God, it's worse. And everything, we might start saying the show has a different feel, but I mean, let's not start thinking everybody who ever left WWE is going to come back. No. Let's not start thinking that everybody who had a problem with creative will suddenly, you know, creative will magically be fixed. They're not gonna bring back the women's tag team titles. I doubt they'll bring back no uh, uh, Sasha and Naomi. Yeah, Sasha and Naomi. Or would they could they come back at some point? Sure. Are they gonna come back, you know, at SummerSlam and be the tag team champions again? No. And uh, we, Jerry Borash, I can see getting a bigger role from Chris. Yes, I can see that too. That's you know, job. but but to be completely honest with you, I think everybody who's still involved with
1: the company right now, their shit, there, there's going to be a shift in change in and responsibility. I think too, because if there is no, if Vince was the head of your creative, and now who are we assuming is taking over? Kevin Dunn.
2: Well, uh, Kevin Dunn's been the Kevin Dunn's responsible for what we see. Okay. He's the producer, director, and stuff like that. So he's the one that sets up the shots. He's the one that's... That's why we're seeing people watching TVs like this. You know, we're going to face the camera and the TV's here, and so we're kind of going to watch it over our shoulder. And things like that. He's the one that's responsible for the 50-minute-long Roman Reigns entrance. And everything. So who do we think? Who do we
1: assume right now is going to be head of creative now that Vince is out of the picture? It's Bruce Pritchard. Okay, so I would imagine that like Bruce-
2: they've named Bruce Pritchard and said that Vince will help during this transition.
1: So I imagine that Bruce Pritchard will still, you know, is is going to be in charge of creative. But I also feel like some of the producers and agents who are currently still working in the WWE will now become uh, m- more important than they were previously. I could see somebody like Scrap Iron Adam Pierce now having a more active role in the company. Remember, he was the guy that was booking Ring of Honor, uh, booking and producing Ring of Honor. He was also helping to book and produce uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood back in its day when he was there. So that wouldn't surprise me either to see Adam Pierce take a more backstage role as well as an on-screen. The on-screen character I don't think is going to change, but I could see him uh, adapting a more of a behind-the-scenes role as well
2: that could be tim hey guys what are your thoughts on all this
0: well just on this topic right now you you could see somebody take over a greater role or you could see them out with with vince like if bruce pritchard has taken over creative i bet you that that's a short-term decision because like my, my initial thought is vince probably didn't have a choice in this matter about leaving the company right and if you're going to leave the number one right hand for Vince in charge while yep. Vince is transitioning out, look at in, in my business I wouldn't do it. I clean house. And while there's there's value in guys who are separated from uh, from the Vince's inner circle like Adam Pierce, there's also a connection to Vince. If that's the guy who hired him, there could be people thinking, you know. And I know he controls eighty percent of the stock. I, I get it. His his presence will still be there. He'll still have influence over this this company. So maybe I'm wrong, but I I don't see Bruce Pritchard, you know, sitting on on the creative chair for very long. And I don't know if you'll see uh, uh what's his name, the the producer director. Uh, you were just talking about him, Kevin Dunn, Adam Pierce, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. I don't know if, if, you know, if I think he'll be there a lot longer than we think he will be. But again, it's so volatile right now; it could go either way for anybody. Well, Kevin Dunn is not
2: popular. Right. He's kind of he kind of shared the same popularity as uh, John Laurinaitis, just as far as whether the talent liked him or not, likes him or not. And uh, so, I I see him probably being the first to go, but I'm not saying it's going to be next week.
0: Right. That's you can't you can't change your entire style of production overnight unless you've got a plan in place. Yeah, I was going to say the most important thing you have to have is somebody ready to take that role.
2: And the truth is, well, it just happens. depends. Well, talent—they may not have. I don't know that they've ever trained anybody up to take over that role because Kevin Dunn was going to be there as long as Vince was there, and let's face it, up until last week, even Vince thought he was going to be there until he died. How would you guys feel if somebody like Eric Bischoff came
0: back into the picture? I'm crying I mean, a lot. Just stop.
1: <laughs> I'm just
0: saying. No, I know. <laughs> just, just immediately, it feels like. Like it did twenty years ago. You know what? It didn't work. Let's hire Russo back. <laughs> you no, know, like, come on. Come on. There, there are other options, right?
2: Well, well and the then, other thing that kind of surprised me was that Triple H was in talent relations, which I understand, but I'd probably have rather him have gone over creative and somebody else. And let's understand they split the CEO position. We have co CEOs. I don't like that either. Which is, there's no such thing, by the way. Yeah. You, you know what it me tells not, me?
1: Wait, real quick. You know what it tells me when you have two CEOs? That you have no CEOs. Well. You, there's, there's no such thing as having two leaders, right? You know, like, we don't have the presidents of the United States. We don't have uh, the popes in the Catholic Church. You know, we don't have the mayors. We have the CEO. We have the, the pope. We have the president. I think when you try to split up leadership like that, it's a recipe for disaster. They used to say if you if you platoon in baseball, right, you platoon first baseman and you have one that hits against righties and one that hits against lefties, you don't really have a first baseman.
0: Yeah. When you, you, when you see something like, you know, so and so is coming on as a co-CEO to assess the existing CEO, that means that existing CEO is not long for that spot. Like it's not going to be co co CEOs a year from now. There's no chance.
2: Uh, not likely. Well, see, here's the th- or what'll it be is it'll be in a different way <clears throat> or something like that. Well, they um, can make Stephanie the chairman the chairwoman of the WWE, well,
1: and then Nick Khan could remain a CEO, and that's how you split that. Where the the chairman is just basically a, a title, right? Where the CEO is actually doing the
2: work. Right. The, well, right now what it is, Stephanie's. Chairwoman and co CEO, and Nick Conn is president and co CEO. And it, this is me. I haven't heard anything, but this is me. What I think is basically getting ready to happen is Nick Conn's going to manage the business side, Stephanie's going to manage the wrestling side and then the two of them will have to work out where the two connect hey we need to cut cost we need to trim the roster we need to whatever and i i think that's probably where that's gonna that's gonna be the split but again probably in a year you'll see in a year you'll see one of them either con won't stick around or or uh stephanie Stephanie will give up the position or something you know give up the CEO position. So, so let me pose another question to both of you because prior
1: to the pandemic and Triple H was leading NXT it was almost its own separate entity. They was allowed to tour, it had its own uh, own time slot on on the on the network, not on Peacock but on the network. And all these positive things were happening for NXT and Triple H was out there handing out contracts like candy on the independent scene where they, that's how they were bringing in wrestlers. That was what Triple H's vision for NXT was. Now that he's back and he's in charge of talent relations, could we see NXT come back to like maybe 3.0 or 4.0, whatever it is now, and, and change its model yet again to start bringing in more independent pro wrestlers and to treat it instead of a developmental brand, more like a third brand, like that Triple H was kind of, envisioning do we see that happening is that a byproduct of all these changes
2: i don't know but i would say no for now okay again i don't think what we see in a year versus what's happening now you know there there are two ways you do this you do a big bang where basically you take this month and kind of wrap up everything and then next month, you and during this time, you have all new sets built. You have your creative team writers or producers or agents or whatever, you know, going over things, redoing something. You come back and go, welcome to the new WWE or whatever, which I don't see them doing because uh, let's be honest, Stephanie's not going to do anything to diminish the legacy of her father. And, or you do that, you know, somewhere within the next 30 to 60 days, Kevin Dunn decides to retire. I mean, you know, there's some speculation. Why would Kevin Dunn even want to stay at this point? He's been there doing this forever and he's got, he's a rich, rich man. And he may say, I don't need to do this anymore. Vince is gone. You know, I'm going to go ahead, retire and give them a chance. You know, we'll give them long enough to pick somebody and, you know, get them ready. And then I'm, then I'm out of here or uh, whatever you may want, whatever you may do. So I imagine, you know, Bruce ain't no spring chicken either. And I imagine they're kind of, and he has other things he can do. I don't know that he wants to be responsible for two shows and, everything and so I could see him going within four to six months also but you know don't look for them to start saying hospital <laughs> you know don't don't look for them to start referring to him as wrestlers don't look for them to stop giving stupid names to people when they come in uh don't look for them to go on a spending spree because that's going to be Nick Khan's domain and Let's face it, Nick Khan's there to make sure that it stays with record revenues. They have record revenues, but their income, their net income when everything's said and done has not grown significantly, not grown like the revenues have grown. That's part of the reason they they went through all those cuts. So, you know, there's not going to be any spending spree. There's not going to be bringing in talent on the level that AEW broadened talent. And they might start using the talent they have better. You know, the Ricochets, Ollie's, or, you know, some of the smaller guys that Vince didn't like. Uh, The person this may really affect is Theory. I don't know how well he is or isn't liked by anybody else. I, I think he has potential, but I think he's been pushed way too fast. And so, you know, he.
1: uh, Real real quick, I have to interrupt you just because I've never seen him on a live chat. But my real life best friend in the whole wide world, Chris Chuvan Vandichkull, is in the chat. So I just want to say hi to Chris real quick and see if he gets embarrassed because I said his name on the the air. We'll
2: see. Chris. You Chris was the, to that too. Wow, that's I've good.
1: known him since the fourth grade. I, I was best friends with his cousin too. Chris is who I was speaking about earlier. Who was is a diehard WWE fan. Has followed WWE pretty extensively for the last gosh thirty years, Uh, except for the brief time where his mom stopped him from watching wrestling because his cousin put him in a sharpshooter and he somehow cut his head forehead open. That's another story altogether. Um, But Chris has always been a, a big time WWE fan. We we would even watch you know, the Monday Night Wars all together, me and my buddies, where Chris would watch, we would all watch Nitro, and then we would all watch Raw, and Chris was always a much bigger WWE fan. He was a Stone Cold fan. He, You know, he would buy the shirts. He would support the product. Uh, Of course, he loved the NWO and all that stuff too, but as soon as uh, the WWE emerged as the victor in that, like, he didn't start watching Impact. I think he might watch AEW on occasion, but not often. And like I said, we even dragged his ass to the Indies and he, it, it didn't take to him. He was a WWE guy. So, this, with Vince stepping down, that's going to affect all the Chris's in the world. The people who watch the show, who love the show, excuse me, Boston Crab, who like the show, who've always been a fan of uh, wrestling. Uh, you know, how is it going to change? That That's something we'll have to be, remain to be seen.
2: We're probably going to lose everybody here in a minute as ROH's pre show is kicking off.
0: This, this broke what, Friday? After yeah, yeah, just just before SmackDown. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see the stock prices come Monday afternoon. And I
1: I think even with all the distractions that you're hearing from Vince, one thing I know that stock as a stockholder myself, any changes in news and leadership is always a scary thing because Mm -hmm. they've had such success for such a, a long time, and and even though even you know even before they were cutting. Uh, roster members and, and, and trimming down that payroll, trimming down the fat. The stock was always based on uh, always going up based on the fact that they paid a high dividend and that they were always finding new uh, money ventures. So, like the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia money, uh, the new deal with USA, the new deal with Fox. I mean, remember when Fox got uh, when when uh, WWE got that deal with Fox? They basically USA said, "Hey, we're going to keep spending what we're spending for Raw." And we don't want SmackDown. Go find SmackDown a new home. And so the the money that they were making for both SmackDown and Raw, they just made for for Raw. And then SmackDown was able to go find a new home on Fox, which is a huge other venture for them. And that's why so much money kept coming uh, significantly. And and, and Chris is uh, very business savvy as well. He points out that he thinks that the the stock is going to drop on Monday. I would be shocked if it doesn't drop. Mm -hmm but it also might be the best time investors out there to buy too.
2: It might drop, but I don't think it's going to be significant. It's been over $60 for the last month. And so that's where, you know, it didn't even really drop when the second announcement for Vince came through. So I, I think some, it, I think some of that's already been built in that people are expecting Vince to be gone. So Chris, Chris brings up the deal that uh, Hulu, the
1: Hulu deal uh, is up in November. Now that's, that's an interesting point because I, I didn't know, first of all, I didn't even know they still had a deal with Hulu. That's surprising to me. Um, but secondly, think of it this way. They are a, a commodity and in a streaming market where everybody wants to have something unique, special, you know, Hulu hulu is now owned by disney i mean for the majority of it it's it's still like a conglomerate but uh predominantly owned by disney and i could see where uh you know they they might be taking their uh, talents to uh, another streaming service what you know paramount uh netflix uh apple what do the apple call theirs? i guess it's just apple yeah, Um uh, hbo max i mean any one of these could potentially be a suitor For that deal, you know, I mean, obviously it's on Peacock, but obviously they also have the broadcasting rights to on Hulu. If they can take that somewhere else. And again, if Netflix might be that spot, imagine that'd be a lot more eyeballs on the product than Hulu.
2: I don't know with Netflix anymore. They're bleeding subscriptions so bad. I heard they might get bought out by Microsoft. I could see something like that right now because they are they're in they're in a bad place right now and this is why i said one time when all these different streaming things started popping up i go you can't afford everything and i think someone went through and did the math they go they go by the time you get discover and hbo max and disney and you know even the disney package that includes hulu and ESPN and stuff like that, that, you know, you're spending almost $200 a month in streaming services. Like, oh, I don't think so. And that doesn't even count the specialty ones. You know, if you want to do your amateur wrestling or your, some of the conferences out there, stream their football things. and you can, So if you want to see every game in the Big Ten, you know, you, you can sign up for 200 bucks or something like that to stream all the big, you know, big 10 football games. So
0: I wanted to ask you DK, because you, you usually have these numbers, like at least, you know, you're in the ballpark uh, of, of being right on the, the money anyway um, for viewership. Do you know what the viewership for NXT 2.0 is or was at its best versus the viewership of NXT the original version well we don't really
2: know NXT the are are you talking about 2.0 uh,
0: yeah did i sorry did i not say that yeah the 2.0 versus uh, triple h's uh, NXT yeah uh, it's got to be way worse right <laughs> oh it's about half
2: yeah and it it's it started going down when they separated from when they separated from uh AEW, they were running about eight hundred thousand. And then they went down a little bit. So they were somewhere between the six and the sevens. And I know at one point they were under four hundred thousand. I don't know what they are right now. So
1: Can I just say again that makes me so happy my friend Chris is here? I'm said, sorry. He just he popped me today. That's for sure.
2: You can say it as much as you want.
1: We're Love just not going to listen.
2: All oh, right. Here oh, here, here it is. Here's the ratings. So ratings have been under six thousand for the most part in June when they had that big, you know, card. They were they almost made it to seven hundred thousand. and let's see so they they dropped they dropped from their highs of around of around 8 850,000 down to around 400,000 they kind of hit around 500,000 and then and then have gone back up to the to the six and seven. Okay. So th- they have had a small rebound. Well, well, I and, mean, this actually goes to some. I'm sorry to cut you off, but if I don't say this, then I won't remember. But yeah. This actually goes to something that uh, I was thinking earlier, and especially when you're talking about your one friend and everything, Jay and more than one friend. You're one friend, Jay. <laughs> uh the you know when it comes to, you know, crowds chanting, thank you Vince or whatever. Let's let's remember WWE fans aren't wrestling fans. All right, let's not confuse them. They're WWE fans. Mhm. And most of them aren't, most of them aren't watching podcast, And most of them aren't reading the Wall Street Journal. So the only thing they really know about the scandal is something they may have picked up on, you Twitter. know, you know, the 30-second blast from ESPN or whatever sports thing they watch. Most of them aren't really. And, you know, for a lot of us, we were we were watching and keeping up with and doing everything with Vince's retirement announcement. And when Stephanie goes out and announces it on the show, I'm watching the audience. I'm not watching Stephanie. And there are a lot of people going, what? Oh, whoa. You know, and things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised any of them were out there chanting, thank you, Vince. This is all they know. And, They're not a, like I said, they're not a wrestling fan. They don't know what the NWA is. (laughs) And if you showed them the NWA, they probably wouldn't like it. No.
1: Chris, Chris, do you like the NWA? Chris, do you watch Impact? Chris, do you watch AEW? He's he's exactly who you're talking about. Now, Chris, don't get me wrong. Chris isn't like like a, a typical Mark. He's a very intelligent person. He's college educated, very, very fine person. Chris, but also only watches WWE. And if you put the NWA on, he'd be like, "Oh, I think I recognize that as Chris Masters." And oh, hey, that's the the Funkadoris or whatever the Funkadactyl, whatever they used to call Tyrus. Bro, or hey, cool. I, I remember Trevor Murdoch when he used to team with Lance Cade. But he's not going to know like who those guys really are. And uh, Nick Aldis, and uh, he would probably call Tom Latimer the guy that beat up, uh, uh, you know, uh, Charlotte. Which, that's not what happened either. I just want to point that out.
2: Yeah, it's... So, I'm not 100% sure what's going on, you know, with the Netflix price is way too high. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I, I have not dumped it yet, but I am, like, extremely close.
1: <laughs> the,
2: the only reason why I keep Netflix at this point is uh, I really like
1: the Ozarks. And my wife likes the show you. And, uh, Ozark season just ended. The, the series just ended. So I'm like, okay, let's go. We can drop this now. We literally, my house, right. We're paying for, we get prime because it's my wife signed up for the, uh, you know, free two day shipping. So you get prime regardless with that. And then you get, uh, we, I paid for Disney plus I got it on special where I think I pay like $2 a month until like, uh, next year when it goes to regular price, then we pay for Hulu. But we pay a reduced cost on that one because a Black Friday deal. Then Michelle Michelle pays for Paramount. I pay for Peacock. And it's like uh we literally have everything now. The only thing I don't have, which is the one I want, which
2: is HBO Max. Go figure. Well, see, I get HBO Max for free. How do you get that for free? I'm an ATT customer. Oh. So my internet, my cell phones, my uh Home phone, whatever it's all AT and T. So they give me HBO Max for free. Now I don't know how much long it's going to last. Now that AT and T has spun it off and they merged with Discovery, I have I have stock in AT and T, and I was very happy with that one. Did you end up with stock in the new company?
1: Yes, I do. I've okay. got I've got holdings on both companies now. In the not that this is a finance show, but the AT and T stock took a huge dip. Uh, but what, again, why that was such a lucrative stock for stockholders is it paid a huge dividend. And so it used to pay like, I think, like a 7% dividend uh, quarterly. And so then uh, they got rid of that dividend as soon as they split the companies, but they're still paying out dividends on that stock. So it's still a good one to have.
2: And yeah, that's one of those things that will rebound over time. And plus, if you got the new stocks, you got to add everything together and figure out where you are. But,
1: but- uh well- Every, if you're investing in the United States stock market uh, in any capacity, you're losing money. Uh, I've Like If I were to sell everything right now, I'd be losing thousands of dollars. But of course, you only lose when you sell. So these downtimes are, you know, it's blood's in the water. If you're an investor, now's a good time to start investing. If you are investing or already invested, you just hold on to what you got because it's you're going to be losing money right now.
2: Well, I get HBO Max for free. I get Peacock for five, whatever the five dollar thing is, so I can see WWE, and I watch nothing else on Peacock. I watch The Office. In fact, that's what I only watch
1: on Pe. That's all I watch on Peacock. I don't even watch WWE anymore.
2: I have Hulu, ESPN, and Disney because they came as a package. Yeah, so they're like five dollars each, and I watch ESPN sometimes on the boxing and the UFC. And I watched Disney for some of the Star Wars stuff, and I watched, and I don't watch Hulu at all, but my son watches Hulu because there's some anime show that apparently has run forever and ever and ever. And he started it on at the beginning. and last I heard he was around halfway through, and it's like, <laughs> okay, at this rate he's gonna And I think it's still being made too. So it's like at this rate, he's not even gonna catch up for another you know six, seven months.
1: Hey, hey Tim, what what streaming services do you use?
0: Oh God, um, we use uh, Amazon Prime. We still have Netflix. I don't really know why. Um, Disney, just surprisingly good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know whatever else is is on the TV. I, I we very rarely watch watch TV. I downloaded the Fight app so I can watch. I could watch uh, NWA, but otherwise, it's, it's essentially just Prime or, or Netflix.
2: Yeah. yeah. I also have Prime because I wanted the two-day shipping. I didn't get it for the videos, but since I get videos, then I'm not going to argue with it. Hey, we found somebody else to jump on. Jaden?
3: Yeah, that's me. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. I'm using the old phone because for some reason, uh, Steam Yard does not, my new phone don't get along.
2: All that's right, it. so, Jaden, what are your thoughts on Vince retiring and how is this going to affect wrestling in the years to come since everybody kind of copies what WWE does?
3: Well, good. A whole bunch of people that are in charge of wrestling promotions need to retire. So that's a good thing. <laughs> we get Billy to retire. We get Tony to wait, retire.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Hot takes. See, I need a banner that says Hot Takes by Jaden that pops up on the screen <laughs> right here. Well, great. Right. Uh, next time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go hot takes Jaden Let's hear him.
3: But I don't think Vince is really retired anyway I think he's just running the company Through Bruce and And uh, Kevin Dunn and I guess Stephanie And also it's wrestling Nobody really retires anyway unless you're dead Even then I'm not 100% sure
2: <laughs> There's some truth to that isn't there folks Well I mean uh, Terry Funk hasn't been in the ring
1: In a couple of years so
3: yeah, yeah, give it time. He's probably going to be Flair's next opponent for his next. Oh, return. God. Forever,
0: forever. <sighs> um, Jaden, yes. You don't think that Vince is actually retired?
3: No, I think it's as long as Bruce and Kevin Dunn are there, Vince is there. It's just a. It's um. I don't know, a facade, a, uh, a, uh, go around. I don't think he's, I think he's still there. It's just now he's had other people to do it for him.
0: I mean, like I, I, you could, you could be right. What do I know? But it's a, I don't know what the WWE is worth, but it's a, it's, it's in certain number billions. Right. So how do you, how would you pull that off in a publicly traded company? Like, I I would assume if we when rather not if, but when we find out the board of directors gave Vince the boot, that there's got to be some kind of, you know, whether or not he owns 80% of the executive stock or whatever it's called.
1: Real quick, I just want to point this out because you asked the WWE as of 2020 had a net worth listed as 5.71 billion dollars. And uh, this, and that even says, uh, despite viewership hiccups, WWE has been doing mighty fine in the revenue department.
0: Yeah. So I, I just, it's got to be hard, right, to to cover up something in a publicly traded company worth five billion.
3: I don't know how much Spike TV was worth, but they impact TNA, whatever. hid the fact that Vince Russo was booking the company for what was that, like two and a half years. Oh God! It was so, that long. It was a while. And then uh, all you have to do is, Bruce,
1: this is what I want you to do.
3: <laughs> or you're fired.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
3: That's not bad. You want to do it? You have to do You have no chance at all. You've got... <laughs> so that's uh, all. He's I will say that... Says, this is what I want you to do.
2: I will say <laughs> that he won't be there to make on-the-fly changes. But I have no doubt that if he watches the episodes, that he won't be calling. That's what. That's why a lot of people are saying, until Kevin Dunn's gone, until Bruce are gone, you know, don't expect anything to really be different.
3: I bet you he called uh, uh, Brock Lesnar up and like, Brock, I'm still in charge. Stay around. I need the money.
2: Well, <laughs> I I've need heard, the money. I've heard rumors. It hasn't been on any of the big news thing so i don't know that it's true or not or they or what but i heard rumors that he was the one that talked brock into that basically he said brock you know call him and said brock don't worry about it just you know come back and go through SummerSlam. and they say by the end of the night everything was blown over brock was fine and everything and so i I wonder
3: i wonder i think he
2: i think he had to interfere in that that's my personal belief
3: I wonder if he didn't come back, if the WWE would have uh, the two announcers talk smack about him and and say that how he's disappointing the fans and he's not doing (laughs) the tyrannic tradition and stuff. And if that's true, I'd love to see Brock say something to Michael
1: Cole's face.
2: Yeah, they wouldn't do that.
1: Well, I mean, we've been talking about an hour about uh, kind of like what's going on with the WWE and what's going on with the stock. And and thankfully, uh, our pal Chris Drummond, big Chris dog from the old message boards, been updating us on what's happening in the Ring of Honor. You guys want to keep talking some wrestling or you want to call it a night? Well,
0: I,
2: I want to bring up one thing, and especially now that Jaden's here. Okay, so let's say over the next year, WWE – starts to change. Kevin goes, Bruce goes, uh, Triple H ends up kind of in a bigger position, and, you know, we're creative and whether officially or unofficially, he's the one that ends up kind of in charge and doing, so we start seeing uh, WWE become, let's say, a little more of a wrestling company, a little more of NXT 1.9 before they switched. So how does that influence wrestling in general? I mean, do you think that would become more prevalent on the indie scenes, that style of wrestling? And by indie, I don't necessarily mean groups that already have their niche, like Game Changer or, you know. But would that affect somebody like MLW? Would that affect somebody like the NWA? Uh, Would it even affect uh, AEW? If suddenly, let's say, over the course of a year, they start becoming more wrestling-based as opposed to promo character-based.
3: That would be nice, but the problem is Triple H is... Uh, NXT was a bunch of shitty guys, guys sometimes even, in my opinion, way too small to be getting pushes that they were. Uh, The problem is, uh, and this is going to be very unpopular on the message board, people don't really pay to see small guys wrestle. No, I agree. You know, they... they, The UFC can get away with it because of the personalities um, and because... Usually, the people with the personalities also can deliver inside that octagon. But the problem is, I don't I don't want to see the Johnny Gargano's and stuff like that being pushed all the way on there. I don't want this, the NXT version of WWE. I want the guys who are talented in the WWE, the guys with size and, sh- and some ability and stuff like that, actually wrestling and showing off what they can do. And getting a little more freedom instead of scripted this and scripted that. Um, I would like to see, I don't think we'll ever get a true pro wrestling company ever again. But I think a hybrid would be something that would be worth seeing nowadays with modern wrestling. It's the best we're probably going to get. It's, <laughs> if you're, unless you want to go to a Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators event, you're not finding pro wrestling anywhere else. So you don't see in the NWA MLW is now doing that stupid Lucha Underground bull stuff, um, and uh, the way, uh, Impact they're doing a bunch of stupid stuff too. Yeah. So the only place you're going to see wrestling is, or at least some kind of modified version, it would be nice. The WWE would do it.
2: But so let's say they took somebody like Madcap Moss, you know, returned him to Radical Moss. They take somebody like Rick Boogs and give him a decent name and you know start using him as a big power wrestler uh bring up people like uh uh Rick Steiner's son who hopefully they give a better name to
3: Yeah, call him Rex Steiner. That's perfect. Why the uh, did they change that name? I'm trying to They didn't want to use Steiner
2: and he wanted so he used Braun for his first name and then I can't remember where he came up with he came up with the name, but only because they wanted to change it.
3: So he came up with the name, so what was he drinking
2: that night? I don't know.
0: Was no,
3: I mean, uh
2: getting
3: his but, promos but, from Scott Steiner? He was
2: it was just random random words
3: coming out of his mouth?
2: Probably. But anyway, but my point is, you know, if you take some of these bigger guys, they've got you know, somebody they got in the background, of, of course, is uh Gable Stevenson and yeah, and everything. So, if they start taking some of these bigger guys that can actually, you know, wrestle in the ring, work in the ring, and stuff like that, do you think that's a trend that would develop more across, you know, across wrestling in general?
3: Well, I'm going to say it like this: um, despite many shortcomings in in AEW booking. A lot of the wrestling fans are really getting up, giving up on the Jacksons and that stupid, flippy, uh, stupid style that they were doing. In fact, they're turning against that style. You're starting to see somewhat more wrestling. I mean, you still get the stupid stuff that John Moxley does, and you still get the some of the flippy garbage too, but you're starting to see more of a nail in AEW because that's what the fans want. Uh, it would be nice to see in the WWE. And you know what? Already right, AEW is anyway WWE light, So maybe if they do start doing more wrestling, you will see a, a WWE light version of that.
2: And that's kind of what I'll be... You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that... You know, why I originally kind of wanted to have this podcast is... This, this is, over the next five years, going to affect the direction of wrestling one way or another. Because, I mean... In five years wrestling will definitely not be the same, wouldn't be the same no matter what. So the question is which direction it's gonna head and I think you know, we're not gonna see the weird Vince McMahon need. I don't know where we'll go to, and I'm not saying we'll go to, you know, athletic worked MMA style wrestling or anything like that. But it's it's interesting to see what may happen and then the influences that has. I have an idea
3: and I don't think anybody's else have thought of this one before. I'd really like to see a sports-based wrestling organization. I don't think, again, I don't think anybody's come up with that, looking at the way wrestling is now. I mean, you don't see that. Like, the AEW didn't come up with, like, they don't want to use sports-based wrestling, right? That's not something they came up with. It would be such an interesting concept to come up with, though, to actually see... An athletic sports-based wrestling promotion. Did, does anybody remember when uh, HBO used to be the king of boxing, and they would have their little big things where they'd have um, behind the scenes, and they talk to the fighters, and they have a really good build-up package to make you extremely excited for any fight, and especially their big fights. And they they had used it so well, it was like it was like HBO twenty-four-seven or something like that. Yeah. I would love for any wrestling promotion to start doing that.
1: You remember when the NWA did something like that called uh, the 10 Pounds of Gold? And
3: yeah, how- they didn't very much attempt it. It was very good. You know what? I never thought we'd miss Lagana, but I miss Lagana.
1: That that 10 Pounds of Gold, let's be honest, the 10 Pounds of Gold was, to me, a far superior product than anything else we've had from the NWA since.
2: Well, let's be honest. People wouldn't care about the NWA of uh, uh, Billy Corgan that much if that series hadn't started, if he had just been showing up in different wrestling things and whatever and championship wrestling for Hollywood or uh, wherever the title change took place that season W whatever, I mean you know ten pounds of gold. I mean the best ten pounds of gold buildup they did was Cody versus versus Nick Aldis, mm-hmm. man. Are they available anywhere? I don't know if the old ones are still available. Or not. No, they, uh,
1: there was a, a handful of them that they left on uh, Facebook. Um, I think they just forgot they were there to be quite honest. Cause there was an episode of circled squared also available on Facebook, the video, but, uh, yeah, the, the 10 pounds of gold series, you could have bought them on DVD. They had like two series of them. Uh, but uh, I don't think you can actually watch it outside of the DVD at this point.
0: You know, we're, we're talking about how it might look or how we hope it might look over the next two to five years. But honestly, I think what you'll see in wrestling overall and Vince McMahon's absence that it'll still be driven by WWE, $5.2 billion. So whoever's running that show is director, the board of directors or whoever is gonna go do that to whoever's in charge whatever made 5.2 billion dollars we like that and 5.2 million dollars means like dk was say most of the people are watching that stuff right so there'll be a i think there'll be at least for a couple of years a, a a facsimile of what wwe produces right now i agree it would be amazing to have a sports-based product Maybe ROH could be used for something like that. By
1: by comparison, we said that the WWE is worth five point seven billion dollars, something like that. just looked up and this is based on Microsoft Bing, right? Uh the valuation of AEW is nine point eight one million dollars. So that's not even like <laughs> that's like one percent, right? Like that's not even close to being what the WWE is worth.
0: The valuation was what? Sorry of
1: a uh, nine point eight, a uh, nine
2: point eight one million,
0: with an M, million,
2: million, yeah, compared to five billion, yeah. Oh, that's not that's not even a percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's often presented this way that it, this is a two horse race. It's not. Yeah, one of the horses is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I Crazy. mean, and they did this all the way
2: back with TNA. You know, TNA was often presented as a, you know, oh, you know, there's WWE and then way back is TNA and they're ahead of everybody else and everything. like that. This is, Yeah. I mean, well,
1: well let me just take a step back now and say maybe these numbers are not accurate at all because I just, for the, for the heck of it, I put what is the value of the national wrestling Alliance and it's a 34.6 million Dollars, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and back off on that and say maybe these numbers are not
0: accurate at all. Yeah, that's in Canadian dollars, so you know, like thirty-five thousand US. Well, I what Billy Corgan paid? What, like a hundred grand for it? <laughs> right? What,
1: what did
2: you say, DK? One hundred ninety.
1: Our our pal, our pal Billy Wood, not to be uh, confused with Tim Wood, offered what sixty sixty thousand dollars. To Bruce.
3: Wait, wait the 190? I can afford that.
2: Really? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, and like the 90. Apparently, it was originally somewhere around 100 million. I'm not 100 million. 100 thousand, from what I heard here. And then, uh, but Billy didn't want the library. But Bruce wanted his money back for the library. So it was basically it's an all or nothing and you have to take the library and I spent ninety thousand dollars on the library, so give me that. We so, could have
0: pooled our money and bought it.
2: I could have bought it outright right now. <laughs> yeah, me too. A couple times over. I'm broke. I couldn't I I can't buy a ticket. <laughs> you know? Well, that's why we're doing
1: the podcast to raise those uh, revenue streams up for us. Exactly. That's what we're going to do. What you guys don't realize is that, that the money that this channel earns, we're going to present each year an offer to Billy Corgan to buy the NWA every <laughs> year. Okay. The net value of this podcast. All right, Billy. be all yours. Just hand over Maybe the letters. We can swap.
2: What? Maybe we can swap. <laughs> you know,
0: Billy, you take the podcast. we'll <laughs> a straight up trade.
1: I'll throw hey, I'll throw in all the t shirts I have too. For okay. me. <laughs> Speaking of which, new t-shirt designs are coming soon.
2: Yay. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> um, hey Tim. So you're the new booker for WWE. What direction would you want to take it?
3: Congratulations,
2: Tim. Um, you're gonna get lots of people writing you for bookings right now since people in that
0: rumor comes around you're going to get a lot of people in your email. The, du- the direction that I would like to take it is not the direction that it would be going in. It's, That's what we're asking what you would do, not what you Tell us what you would do and what you think will happen. I mean, I work for a living. I have I, I have budgets to control. I do what makes money. You know, no one's going to come on board and try to revolutionize a product that's tentatively worth 5.7 billion dollars. You're going to do you're going to do that. So, uh, I think you'd want to keep, as a business mind, you you'd want to keep the people who helped make it that, and try to make some positive, small positive changes, like you mentioned. You know little things that people hate like why is his name brawn breaker like stuff like that across the board um to try to increase that revenue but i'm not going to change the formula that helps that help the company make that money what i would want to do is turn it into you know exactly what jaden was saying a sports-based presentation something like you know what you were just saying about uh, king of Box. so but yeah the reality is that's not what got them to where they are. And that's not what they're going to do.
3: You keep saying this five points on the though. That's mostly off of their television contracts. Yes, it is. You yeah. think they're going to get anywhere near that when that comes time for renewal?
1: I could. Well, I could. Well, before you jumped on, Gene, I guess uh, Chris brought up the fact that they get about $500 million with their deal with Hulu, which is set to expire in November. Now, theoretically uh, a company, there are several streaming options that they could shop that, that package to, or, I mean, it's something that could just end up on Hulu, excuse me, not Hulu, uh, end up on uh, Peacock and, and just be part of the network where, you know, maybe universal pays a little bit more money for that. Um, But if not, I mean, the option to shop that out, there is value there. I mean, you, you have to understand. I know that we collectively aren't fans of the WWE, but there are a lot of people out there who are both nationally and internationally and a deal to have that on a a streaming service, um, especially one that caters to an international audience could be very beneficial to whomever, you know, whatever role this happens to be for the WWE going forward. So, I mean, that, I mean, if they got 500 million, the last, uh, last time, what could they potentially get this time?
3: I'm looking right now. what's on Hulu. You know what I find?
1: What's
3: that? Old episodes of SmackDown. I find uh, the the syndicated show main event. And I find NXT. Is that worth $500 million to the cock?
2: (laughs) He meant Peacock, folks. Well, anyway, I honestly, for me, no, but I don't know for them because they're all crazy anyway. But looking at this, I think one of the things you also have to consider is in Tim's line changes they make, I think they would, they will make on the idea of increasing ratings because ultimately when the TV deals come, they, I mean, look, if they draw 2 million people for Fox, Fox is going to be happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's basically what they promised them was just over two million. Now, do they always make it? No. But can 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 I say something? What? So I kind of differ.
1: I differ from both uh, Tim and Jaden. I think that it's uh, they should keep going the route that they're going um, with, like the reality television shows for the Miz and uh, Maurice and uh, and the you know the diva show that they used to have. I think the fact that they're finding more celebrity to become involved with the product, like the fellas from Jackass and uh, and, and bringing in uh, Jake Paul or Logan. Logan Paul, excuse me, and, and bringing in uh, Bad Bunny and things like that. I think that's where, if, if I was in control of the WWE, that's the direction I would be heading because I would be trying to get as many damn eyeballs on the product as possible. And there are people who love trash TV. There are people who love Celebrity and and you know you look we we mentioned this on the Alliance Guys podcast a couple of weeks ago. The WWE has 84 million subscribers on YouTube. 84 million, okay. Logan Paul has 25 million subscribers on YouTube. Now you might be saying, well, hey, that's a lot less. Well, sure. Show me anybody in the WWE that has 25 million subscribers to their content. And if, if, if Logan Paul can bring that audience of 25 million to the WWE to watch Raw, to watch SmackDown, to order pay-per-views, hell, let's say he brings 5 million people to do that. Is that not a win for the WWE? Is that not way more money for the WWE if, if they have 5 million out of 25 million subscribers come to follow that product based just on that? As a strictly business, and that's all I'm looking at. I'm not looking about the value of the entertainment. But if you bring in Bad Bunny and he brings his millions of audience, the people who watch him worldwide, onto your show, and he is a regular, and maybe not every week, maybe not every pay per view, but WrestleMania season he shows up, and Royal Rumble season he shows up, uh, wouldn't you do that? Because you're, uh, you're you're generating the money for it. Do you,
3: do you know, have any concrete you know. evidence? That- good, DK, I'm sorry.
2: Uh, I would say different ones. Every time you use somebody, there's going to be a diminishing return. Sure. So, uh, yeah, in general. Uh, here's the weird thing. Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, even Pat McAfee as the announcer uh, and stuff like that. They almost take this more seriously than the wrestlers do. And, you know, just little things like Pat McAfee getting getting uh, beat up at – the pay-per-view, and it was off, and then they show up at at a, the UFC event, and he's wearing the neck brace. You know, most wrestlers wouldn't have done that.
1: <laughs> I, I want to point out something, too. Um, when you say that they take it more serious, um, I don't have a ton of inside information in the WWE, but I do know for a fact that the person responsible for helping coach bad bunny and the person who shared in the responsibilities of getting Logan Paul ready were both amazed and quite uh, happy with the athletic prowess that both of those guys had. And the fact that they were able to understand as quickly as they did, considering that neither one of them had a background in in pro wrestling or sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, You can, if someone is motivated, you can teach them, you know, these guys, they, they're, they're already commodities. And if they're out there and they want to be a part of it, like, I, look, I'm a big Angels fan, right? You guys all know that. I love it. I live and die with my Angels. If tomorrow Mike Trout said he wanted to be a wrestler on Raw, I'm going to tune in to see what Mike Trout is going to do in a WWE ring. Now, that dude isn't some small, wimpy little guy. He's a pro athlete. He's like 6'2 and he's like, uh, like a good 200, 220, uh, you know, built built guy if he showed up I would check it out just to see what he could do and I think that's where the uh, benefit of bringing in the celebrity is that they can they can pop a card they can pop an audience by doing that And I, obviously that's why they do it look it, AEW tried to do it with Shaq they brought Shaq in and had a match with Cody because they knew that that would help draw a rating not because Shaq was a great worker or is dedicated to the sport of pro wrestling but they knew if they put Shaq in that ring that people were going to tune in to check it out and they did
2: yeah, but did they stay after watching that? That's what you have to no. be careful. <laughs> that, no, but, that, but well, but I'm just—I'm not talking about just that. I'm talking about did it turn pe- some people off, and that's that's kind of what sometimes you have to—you you always have to balance your will this will this enlighten enough people or more people than will it turn off. And look, I don't have a problem with using the celebrities to get the pop, especially ones that are going to take it seriously. But getting back to uh, Tim was saying, though, the one the one disagreement I'm going to have with him is, no matter what, WWE ratings are going down and going down and going down and Raw's at some, some of its lowest ratings in its point. Its lowest ratings have been within the last year or so and although you can blame the pandemic for part of it, uh, really the ratings haven't improved much since the pandemic uh, whatever uh, ended and they've been going back to crowds. And so At some point, someone's going to say, we used to have 5 million people. Now we have 2 million at best. And no, it's not just because they're streaming services or no, it's not just because they watch on YouTube or whatever. Uh, I don't fully trust YouTube numbers, no matter what YouTube says. And uh, everything... At some point you kind of gotta start working. They'll never get back to five million people. I probably I mean, I'll agree with that, but at some point you think they could get back to two and a half to three.
0: Yeah, there has to be some long range forecasting beyond what is working right now. I agree. But in changes like that, that I mean, you're kind of throwing a dart in the dark at, at the dartboard about what it is that you're gonna change, right? And nobody wants to mess with that particular money. Like let me ask you guys, would you end the brand split? Yes. Oh, immediately. That's the first thing I would do. That
2: I would come in and the first... Well, hold on. Let me phrase it like this. I would end an official brand split. I would come in. I'd unify all the titles, which, you know, the only title needs to be unified now is the women's. I don't mind keeping... Uh, U.S. and TV separate. Oh, well, uh-huh. U.S. and... uh Intercontinental. And, uh,
0: Sorry. Sorry, DK, go
2: ahead. But what I would do is I would probably have stories and people that run on a that run on Fox and stories and people that run on Raw. Like maybe in the lead up to this pay-per-view uh our undisputed champion in well, let's just say Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley. So they're going to feature more on Raw. That's kind of where that thing is going to be done, where our right. tag team champions are going to be over here sure. on SmackDown with this. Now, that doesn't mean that they can never cross over, nor does it mean that at the end of it that Bobby Lashley may not end up doing something on SmackDown. But I think probably every three months you would evaluate and go, okay, you know, let's shift the dynamic here. Because, and I don't think, I don't care what some people think, I don't think this really bothers the networks as much as people claim, because ultimately the networks just want good ratings. Yeah, and if they, and if ratings go up, they don't really care. If I can say hey, I got this angle that's kind of exclusive to me for now, because you know, raw, you know, Universal wants uh, Brock Lesnar and Fox wants Brock Lesnar and. They both want Ronda Rousey. So if I can move them back and forth between the brands where for three or four months they're here and three or four months are there. And I know Brock's a bad example right now, but I couldn't think of anybody else that's just going to go up there. Uh, Roman Reigns or whatever. Then I think, you know, I have a selling point and I have a sell point to each show and each show's not a repeat of the other one, you know, but you know, no, I don't want SmackDown tag team champions or Raw tag team champions, and you know, and then I'm doing pay-per-views, and it's the a, a women's title, and well, which women's title is it, and who's the actual women's champion? There is no women's champion now, because is it Bianca Belair or is it Liv Morgan, or is it still Ronda Rousey because she's the most over one? When Charlotte returns, is it Charlotte? Because you know people hate her, but she, <laughs> you know, she can draw money or, you know, Becky or maybe Bailey finally returns. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there are two or three, I would certainly change the look of the shows. I mean, I'm sorry. If you say, Devin, you're in charge tomorrow, what are you going to do? First thing I'm going to do is, is find a director-producer that doesn't change camera angles every (laughs) 10 seconds it has, or every five seconds, more accurately. Or or like when they're punching and the camera zooms in while they're punching. I hate that so much. And uh, all that crap and go, hey, you know, find me somebody that knows how to present a sports-based direction, you know, you know, where we're watching the thing. Maybe somebody who's worked with MMA or something. And then, you know, the there was a long time that Dana White was the best wrestling promoter out there. (laughs) I used to watch the things for some of their upcoming pay-per-views. And I would be like, Oh man, I just can't afford to spend seventy bucks every month on you know an MMA pay-per-view. But there were times where matches I wouldn't know about. Didn't know who the guys were that, especially when I started. I didn't know who the guys were that were going to be in the ring fighting each other. And he'd make me
0: want to just go.
2: Oh, I gotta see that. I gotta see that. And you know,
0: Jaden, would you split the brands? Uh, let
3: it no. I would. The the I would. I would be very disciplined, though. Everybody would be on television. I would have people rotate through. I wouldn't have people all showing up for six months and then not seen again for 11 months, or even three, you know, show up for three, oh, one show and never be seen again. I'd be very disciplined and have everybody rotate through but have constantly stars, and if you're not... If you're not on the program, you're mentioned. If you're a big star and Roman Reigns isn't on Raw, but he's going to be on SmackDown, we're all sure as hell is going to have something going on with Roman Reigns to mention to keep him in focus. The idea is, and again, I would have, I would have brand new championship belts, not those ugliest things they have now. Uh, I'd have championship belts that look like they're prestigious and important, like yeah, actually something you want to win. And I would have very few championships. I wouldn't have the U.S. and the in- Intercontinental. I wouldn't have the women's tag team. I'd have heavyweight, secondary, tag team women. And so that's all I would have. And everybody will be trying to what if everybody who's in a heavyweight division is going to want to be a heavyweight champion. And if you can't be the heavyweight champion, you're going to be, be the secondary championship because that's a stepping stone to the heavyweight championship, just like the NWA used to be, where everybody was going after Ric Flair. And whether they were friends or foes, as long as you weren't horsemen, you were going after Flair. But you wanted to be world champion. I would have the discipline to have people – booking would would go. There would be people on the hierarchy on the card. And we'd have people that are opening match, and they're good to be opening match, and that's what they're going to be doing, because you can't... If everybody's a main eventer, eventer, then nobody's a main eventer. And the other thing is, why I would make sure there's only one championship, I can't remember who to credit. I want to think it was Dutch Mantel, but I'm not 100% sure. But somebody said if you have two world champions, you have no world champion. the The only... The oh, only world champion, there should be one world heavyweight championship in the WWE. And being the biggest brand, it should be the world heavyweight championship. You should do everything you can to make that the most prestigious. Build up every single challenger. You need eight to 10 top challengers where any one of those eight to 10 can take that championship. Same thing for the Intercontinental, completely separate. Same thing for the tag team. Same thing for the women's. There should be the eight to 10 challengers that at any single time. Any one of them can be put into any match on house show and it will sell out, and people would pay to see it, and it will. They they have the threat of winning that championship, and that's the way wrestling should be.
0: You know, we'd split it, and I got to go in a couple of minutes, but we got to. Uh, I would split it too, but we are four wrestling fans, you know, and the WWE fan. Is a WWE fan right? Right back to DKM was saying before, right? That maybe that's not wrestling per se, and as such, there's 5.7 billion reasons not to split the brand, right? Like it's just it's working this amount. uh, You know, Tim, if I'm the booker, don't mess with the money. You're
3: not a gambler, are you, Tim?
0: (laughs) I'm not, but I like if I if I have 5.7 in my pocket, 5.7 billion, I don't need to gamble, Jamie. That's. I'll just stay home and roll around in my bed of money. <laughs> there, there's an old joke about from a comedian where he's asked, "If you were in charge of the, it might be George Carlin. If you were in charge of the Catholic Church, what would you change?" He said, "The hat." But you could to extrapolate that uh, that that joke about the Pope. It's why would you change anything in Vince's absence? Let's. That, I, I suspect it's just been run as it's been run. Well, here's the one flaw in your
2: thinking is that it can't be better. And I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's dangerous when you go, well, we're the top, Mm -hmm. but they're not as good as they used to be. Right. And there are more critics than there are, you know, happy people. More people have abandoned them. More people, you know, they they are down to their core. And if it shrinks any more than this, that means even their core people are abandoning them. Right. And so at, there's an old saying here in business and everything. If you're not growing, you're shrinking. And so right. it's, it's easy to get, go, well, we worth 5.2. Well, go look up the value of some of the major companies up there. You know, are you going to you know, what was Disney worth at one point versus what Disney's worth now? Right. Do you sell whatever? I mean, you know, do you sell WWE or do you break out or, you know, what do you do at some point? You got to look at it and go, okay, yeah, it's 5.2, but why can't it be 10? Sure. And that's long-term forecast. We're talking for the next couple of years, right? Well, but I, you got to start, you know, you can,
0: Again, bring
2: like I said, I'm not the product's going to be different in six months just because Vince's not going to be tearing up scripts every night, right? I mean, you know, with that argument, we can go, Well, Vince tearing up scripts every night's a good thing. Oh, sure, killed morale, killed people, and they want you know, and they wanted to go somewhere else and things like that. But
0: 100%,
2: you know, I don't, it, it can improve and it should improve, and I, you know, again. I don't know if Kevin Dunn's lasting long or short. Rumors are that people aren't gunning for him, and so and like I said, vince is gone. He may not want to be there either. Right. So, but anyway, Jay, we're probably getting to the point we should wrap up. <laughs> we definitely, we'll wrap up. But I do want to say this to Tim's
1: point: five point seven billion dollars. I think similarly, you could sit and wait and see what happens because if you're the whole law of return, right? If you start having those diminishing returns, what would it take for you to turn on Raw tonight? What would it take for you to, or on Monday? What, what, who, who or what would make you watch it tonight? And with $5.7 billion, they could probably do that. Whatever it takes. They want you to tune in. Okay. We'll bring John Cena back for the night. I want you to tune in. Hell, they'll buy the NWA and bring in uh, Trevor Murdoch to defend the ten pounds of gold right there on Raw. Well, I I mean, look, that's being facetious and and oversimplifying things. But again, it's not Disney. It's not ninety-seven billion dollars, but five billion dollars. They can do a lot if they want to.
2: They don't have to. And you can, but you got to be. What you have now. what you have now is going to change and it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. And if you stay the same, you're going down because money's, you know, money loses value all the time. Sure. Especially now with inflation. So you got to You have to do something And every company that's ever been comfortable that says, okay, you know, we're going to ride the wave. You know, look, there was a time when they told you that, you know, get into the diaper service uh, industry because people are always going to have kids and they're always going to have diapers that need to be washed. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I was just looking up, guess who's worth more than five point, whatever billion Nick Khan.
1: You mean uh, Tony Khan or Nick, no, Khan? Nick
3: Nick Khan, his father. I'm sorry yeah. uh, hold on what's uh, Tony Khan's father's name
2: looking it what up right bad? now you know if you hadn't have asked me I would know Shahid S-H-A-H-I-D
3: okay. he's worth more why isn't he buying more and making his you know making his son's promotion bigger Well, he's I'm got not- all that money Right, he could, buy, he could buy Bad Bunny. He could buy. He could buy Cal. Honestly, because pro wrestling is not his business. No, but he has the money.
2: Well, and that's how Vince beat Ted Ted Turner. Because Which we talked about earlier. Yeah, and I kind of forgot about it, but he beat Ted Turner because Ted Turner wasn't didn't own a wrestling business.
1: Ted Turner owned a
2: conglomerate that owned a. But you're business. but you're
1: we're also talking about a company that is built on the wrestling business. We're not talking about J Cal taking five billion dollars and seeing what he can do with it. We're talking about the WWE, who even though it's a sports entertainment company, to what Tim said, what they're doing is working. It doesn't appeal to you and me, but what they're doing is working. And I would say I would keep doing that, too, until it stops working. And that's when I would start being more innovative. But I don't feel like there would be a huge need. Like, look, again, $5 billion for wrestling, for wrestling. I'm not talking about Disneyland and, and, and theme parks. We're talking about a TV show and live events.
2: Yeah, but you can't be, no matter what, you can't be complacent. And not doing anything is being complacent. And there are tech companies out there that sat on their asses when things exploded because they thought they had cornered an industry and they're all gone now because somebody came in and did it better. And somebody came in and did it faster. And
3: Look at Amazon right now. they don't sit on their laurels.
2: I mean, it's not.
3: not Amazon, you ma-
2: you got to start making changes. Sure. If Vince was there, Vince would be making changes. Vince is there. What changes did
1: Vince make? Well, what has it changed from this year to last year?
2: Vince is there. I mean, he's well, not
1: there today. He's he's no, not. But there I'm today. saying,
2: you know, but he made changes throughout time. Sure. era was a change when, because what, it was what, a
1: necessity. What? It was time to change. He had to change. He had, had to evolve.
2: Well, but that's my. WWE is reaching a point where and let me tell you something else people are going to be expecting change sure you know when somebody like Vince goes but you know again you're there are people who are loyal to Vince
1: but there but I think the change you're talking about could be very very slight and people would be excited about it you mentioned it yourself first thing I do is change the way the production is okay that's well, a very big
2: again, change but saying, it's also a very little you know, there's change. There's a difference between what I would do and what I think is going to happen. Sure. Yeah. 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 I end the brand splat.
3: Splat? <laughs> right. Splat.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: That mean, is that what it yeah. sounded made when it because it's hit the ground?
2: And let's <laughs> let's, and let's be honest. Vince did that once, and to a large extent, it's already happened again. The brand split is nowhere near what it was. We've already unified two of the titles for now we already got people crossing over back and forth. They don't even make excuses for it anymore. There's no quarterly invitations. There's no wild card rules or, you know, whatever they used to say, whatever they were doing. It. The brand split is, uh, is it's not gone, but it's not hardcore. I mean, we got street profits showing up on both shows. So, you know, th- thing, that's what I'm saying. Things change. Things changed under Vince. Things are going to change when Vince is gone. People are expecting change. So, you know, again, it's not something that we're going to, there's not going to be a big bang. They're not going to open up Raw and hand out out new belts (laughs) and, you know, introduce all these new wrestlers or change everybody's name or whatever. But I promise you in a year, it'll be a different product.
0: I don't know if it'll be significant or not. Like, like, put put it this way. And I get everything you're saying. This is maybe the most spirited and interesting discussion we've had in a, in a while. Here. Well, well, let me ask you this question. not even anyway, question. Wait, wait, wait. It's, One sec. But one who second. knows
2: if if Kevin Dunn, yeah, and Bruce checks a, a gone piece in of wood, months, and it's a possibility. Yeah, even without them being forced out, they could choose to leave on their own. Yeah. So. I mean, would you think then that, okay, and those are things you got to take into account. Kevin Dev has been there forever. You damn well better have a backup ready to take his place.
0: Sure. This is a company that is headed by, was headed by a guy who ran the show, and that's a dangerous kind of company. But if WWE is the Coca Cola of wrestling, right? The only thing Coke did in the last 30, 40 years that was, different was new coke and nobody liked that
3: what about cherry coke what about orange coke what about
0: but those are small changes on top of the original product like the original product still exists right
3: yeah so does believe it or not so does coke too they still sell that in some countries
0: (laughs) yeah and i i like the new coke (laughs) but uh you know that was about you know that was about space. I'm not arguing that's what should happen. I'm with you guys. I'm just arguing I think that's what will happen. I think that if there's a fear of complacency, there's probably a greater fear of change, at least in a in a major way. They want to go where the money is. And currently the money says do what you're doing.
2: How funny See, I don't that- agree with I, I don't agree that's what the money says. And I don't agree that anybody who comes in when the old guy leaves. Their first thing is to try and stamp their name on it.
1: How how funny is it that the most spirited conversation we've had in a long time on this podcast is anything to do with the NWA. Go we'll figure.
2: Yeah, that's what the NWA sucks, and we all agree.
1: <laughs> so, okay, well then Maybe let's, when the
3: NWA gets 7.8 billion, we'll care about them.
1: <laughs> there it is. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up now cuz I know it's getting late on the East Coast and and Jaden and Tim got to go to go to bed and Help out That's at the cool. restaurant and whatever whatever else I got to do, and we'll just call it a night. And uh, thank you guys for checking it out. I don't think we'll do this too often, but every now and then it's it's kind of fun to just pop on this this whole YouTube thing and, and uh, talk wrestling with you guys. And thanks to everyone that was in the chat checking things out. I do appreciate you guys. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. We got a full schedule: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Times are all uh, available same as always we'll see you at the at the matches have a good night now thanks for joining the stream this has been a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com we genuinely appreciate your support would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode i'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every tuesday at 5 p.m for nwa power you can find us on social media at the alliance blog and until next time we are the alliance